I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyball.com, and I am joined by Kirk Serious Face today. That's Kirk Serious Face on Twitter, Kirk Henderson IRL. We will talk to him in a minute, and then we will get to some of your voicemails. Isaac and I will drop another podcast with us just talking about this game and also hitting some of your voicemails together. Uh, but this pod, we figured we might as well just drop two pods because... It was, there's just that much going on right now and that much frustration and that much Mavs fan therapy. So without further ado, let's hear from Kirk Serious Face. And now, welcoming on the Locked On Mavs hotline, we bring in the one and only Kirk Serious Face. How are you feeling, Kirk? You know, I'm, I'm much like Luka Doncic. I'm frozen out right now. I'm, I'm not sure <laughs> what to make of all this. <laughs> And just like the rest of the Mavericks, I will look you off and I will just continue to monologue for the next 10 minutes. That was, you know, guys, we're recording, I don't know, 20 minutes after the Mavs lose to the Knicks, 118 to 106. I think that was the final score. And and to lose to the Knicks, who had Alonzo Trier, who is a guy on a two-way contract. Granted, he probably shouldn't be on a two-way contract. That's a different story yeah, for a different he's day. He's pretty good. But to get roasted by, like, that guy, it, it hurts. So here we are. Here we are. Do, do you think that any Warriors fans, and I made this joke on Twitter, but do you think any Warriors fans knew any Knicks players? I mean, I don't think the Knicks fans know Knicks players. Like the, <laughs> honestly, it, honestly, when I saw them play uh, the Pacers the other night on ESPN, I saw Damian, somebody named Damian Dodson was starting for the Knicks. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I cover the NBA. I watch an enormous amount of NBA games. I have not heard of Damian Dodson. How well, is that possible? Well, I haven't either. Drafted in the first round. I haven't either. And I made the joke in the first quarter because I went to the, 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 I went to Twitter's gift search. Because something rang a bell. I heard Dotson. Dotson. Why do I know what Dotson is? So I type Dotson, his name, D-O-T-S-O-N, into the GIF finder. And it pulls up that scene from the original Jurassic Park. We're talking the one from when I was like nine, eight years old. Where yeah. where the, the fat guy from Seinfeld is talking to the guy yeah. who wants him to smuggle. Newman wants him to smuggle things out. And he's like, Dotson, we've got Dotson here. And that's what I felt like. Because he's already <laughs> roasting the Mavericks. We're getting killed by made-up made up players that were designed on 2K. That that was really what we watched right now. I mean, that was just an incredible basketball performance by both the Dallas and the Knicks. Like, where do you want to start with all this? Do you believe that this was a must-win for the Mavericks? Oh, yes. Because, you know, earlier today, uh, Tom Ziller of SB Nation basically listed, Maver- listed the Mavericks as a team that really should consider tanking. Now, anybody know that, that follows Dallas knows that's really a non-starter because with the way that the um, 
lottery uh, 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 balls have been re-ranked, yeah. you basically have, even if you finish with the worst overall record, you finish with something like a 12 or 9% chance of the number one overall pick. Like, it's terrifying. So there's there's less of an incentive to tank now. So the fact that, that, that Dallas is being put in this is kind of insulting. But now that they're 2-7 and seven and they've lost to three of the worst teams in the league and the Hawks, Knicks, and Suns is just atrocious. Yeah, they're 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 playing like a team that honestly plays to their competition. They play up to you know teams that they shouldn't you know win against, and then they play like the you know the Timberwolves who have like an All NBA player on their team, and you know Carl Anthony Towns. They play up to them, and then when they play the Suns, they're like, oh, we're just gonna play down in this competition, and then they just can get completely. It almost seems like they get caught off guard. Like, oh, I didn't realize this team was gonna actually have real NBA players and actually gonna be able to play. Uh, and then when you look at the roster for the Knicks, like we're, we were joking about it, but I wonder how much like a Dennis Smith Jr. or a Wes Matthews looks at a roster like that or a DeAndre Jordan looks and be like, oh, I'm going up against Mitchell Robinson. The guy didn't even, you know, didn't even go to college and didn't even play last year. And now he's starting for the Knicks. And, oh, I'm just going to roast him tonight. It's not, I'm not, I don't even have to worry about it or think about it. That's kind of how it feels. I mean, you know, let's let's just kind of go line by line with some of the people who played in this game. Jordan, we're on the ninth game of the season. Jordan's played all nine games. He has numbers which are interesting. He nearly got a triple double a while ago, which is why I really find that I, I really feel that he's like assist hunting now. He threw a backdoor pass that Wes Matthews got bumped on, and Derek Harper said, "Oh, what a beautiful pass!" And it was <laughs> it was a force. And West got knocked to the ground and was lucky to get a foul call. You know, Dondre is just hunting for stats. There's a yeah. video that Worldwide Wob and both I took and put on Twitter where yeah. Dondre climbs over Luca, basically pushes him out of the way to go get a rebound. They're the and only Luka, two players within and within ten feet of each other. There's I mean, no Mark, one near them. Mark Cuban is up toward like he's on the other side of the basket, but you can see him in the video because he does that angry fist shake slash where his jaw drops and he and you can see him mouth something like, come on. And so it's like that was really a microcosm of Dondre's game because we've watched him now, like I said, for nine games. He doesn't help on defense anymore. He doesn't Some even contest. That, he doesn't even contest jump shots, like mid-range jump shots. He doesn't even. So contest. let's 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 you know let's give him the benefit of the doubt here and assume that's partially the coaching staff saying, "Look, these guys need to learn how to play NBA defense. You cannot clean up every mistake." Yeah. He's not leaving his man at all. That yeah. cannot be the coaching decision. I'm just I'm really unclear as to what we're doing. He had four points and ten rebounds tonight. And once again, was just kind of useless. I'm really un- unsure what what his role is going to be. I I'm to the point to where of all the starters, and if you really follow me on Twitter, I complain about everyone but Luca. I'm sorry, it's just kind of my mo. Um, I, I think I think <laughs> that so. he I think that he more than anyone else is the guy that ought to be subbed out of the starting lineup. Put in somebody else. Light a fire under him. Do something different because the pace is set on the defensive end, and you know they're not playing any defense. And I really feel that starts and ends with him. As soon as Dirk comes back, put Maxi in. <laughs> Start Maxi, and then just don't play DeAndre. <laughs> play Dirk and, and uh, Dwight Powell off the bench. Make it well, like I, last I, year. I think 
I think Jordan has something to offer. It's just right now he seems to be offering things in a limited set preparing for his next contract. Yes. That can't be what he actually wants. There aren't, you know, we've seen free agent centers not get the deals they were expected the past two off seasons. A guy that's going to be 31 or 32 cannot be playing like this for that sort of thing. He has to figure something out. I don't want to spend too much time on him, but like he was like he I think if there's a genesis of the Mavs defensive problems, it's him. Yeah, because they they decided that he was going to be the answer to all of their defensive problems. Well, we have these two guys, Dennis Smith Jr. and Luka Doncic, that that honestly do not play defense. They, yeah, like Luka is Luka is even worse on defense than I expected when he came in. He's had some good moments. He had that moment against LeBron the other night. He's had some decent you know help moments in uh, in preseason and then in games now, but. He forgets where his man is more often than like I think I know who's who Luca is guarding more often than he does sitting up. Oh, I think so too. (laughs) And the angles he also takes like, you know, I'm a former terrible defender that played a lot of basketball. (laughs) If you're going to recover on defense, you at least have to know the angle you have to take. Because it's one thing if a guy is going to hit like a contested 10, 12, 15 footer. It's another thing if you do the thing where you charge at him and then the guy just dribbles around you. And that's actually what like half the Mavericks do. It's really amazing. Like Wes does it. Dennis does it. Luca does it a ton. You know, Finney Smith and, and Barnes are about the only two guys that, you know, don't seem to get beat by the first dribble. Yes. And and with the, the first screen, too, fighting over screens or under screens or however you need to do it. Uh, Wes just can't. I mean, he just doesn't. <laughs> Well, and, and, you know, it's not necessarily fair to expect it anymore. Like, he doesn't move laterally well. And no. we we, sh- we should know that, so should he. So some of these expectations, even, you know, with him taking the assignments, is not entirely fair. I mean, Wes, like, I'm pretty hard on him. But, like, overall, Wes is one of these guys that, that is pretty useful given the right situation. And I feel like he's being put in the wrong one a lot of time. Yeah. I mean, this is one of these – this is the problem with – kind of the way that this roster was constructed, we were talking about it a little bit on Moneyball Slack tonight, is that you have these guys on these one-year deals because you're trying to free up space for next year, and they know it. They're too smart. Fans are too smart now, and the players are too smart now too. They understand the situation. They understand what's coming for them in the offseason. They understand that you know not every single you know other team is going to watch every single Mavs game, and so they just try to compile as many stats. They stat hunt. You know they try to get their shots up like like West. They try to get their rebounds like we saw DeAndre honestly rebound hunt in, in you know in cold blood just right in front of everybody in, in broad daylight, and they try to get their next contract. And that's you know what is the the matter with you know these one year deals? Sometimes you don't have a buy in with these players with you know with a team concept. You have this. It's almost like it's almost like with these one-year contracts, and the Lakers are the exact same way with some of their their guys too. It's all, these teams have almost become AAU teams, <laughs> you know. Like, you have these guys the are only looking out for themselves. That's absolutely the downside of shortened contracts to where when you only have a four-year deal, you're really playing three years before you're thinking about your next one, and that's the max opportunity. Yeah. I mean, so so Doncic was, or I'm sorry. Jordan and Doncic were really lacking on defense. I think Smith, like the whole team was terrible on defense. The points in the paint was just, it was something, it was, it was out of a nightmare for Dallas. I'm sure that's the sort of thing that, uh, 
that, that they're going to be talking about forever. You know, the Mavericks, if I'm sure you and, and uh, you and Isaac have talked about this, the Mavericks have given up something like 50% from the three point line in the previous eight games. What do you think the Knicks shot? And don't look if you have it up. Okay. I, uh, I know they did not shoot a bunch. I know they didn't shoot a lot of threes. They didn't, um, not comparatively. And they did. I know they didn't hit a lot either. So I don't so know. So they shot twenty four percent, and and the Mavericks still got flamed. Yeah. So this is 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 uh, the defense across the board. Just they they have to figure out something. You know, uh, oh, it might have been Jonathan Sharks of the Ringer, but whoever first suggested that the Mavericks were going to be like a low rent version of the Suns was pretty accurate in the sense that that they're shooting lots of threes and then they're playing the switching defense. Well, I'm really, really confused as to why they're playing the switching defense when the team, particularly the starters, just don't have any familiarity with one another. I mean, I think that's the one saving grace with what we've seen through nine games is that this is really the only nine games these guys have ever played together because – you know, uh, with with Barnes missing, it's really only five games once you factor Barnes getting back into the lineup. So I'm really, I'm just, I'm not really sure what to make of them. It's it's really, it's it's not fun to watch. That's what's really shocking to me. I think we watched a lot of preseason basketball and thought, okay, we don't know if they're going to be good or bad, but they might at least be fun. And instead, what we're seeing is a team that's like remarkably just frustrating to watch. Let's let's take a look at that um, that fun aspect. So. You've posted this a lot on Twitter, a lot, <laughs> as you should. You are the premier and the uh, and the primo Luka Doncic stan on Twitter for for Mavs fans. You've been on this, you've been on this camp for I don't know over over a year and a half. Yep. And you've been posting that the Mavericks are uh, they're icing Luka essentially. They're not passing the ball. They're looking him off. They're doing all these things. Are you, is this is any of that satirical, or you really, really believe that they are looking him off and they are they're not passing to him on purpose? Uh, it's not. I mean, it's satirical in the sense that when you have X number of possessions per game and you see, like, my favorite instance tonight was Dorian Finney-Smith got a rebound, looked at Luca, <laughs> then spun all the way around to find Smith. Now, luckily... That's the Smith way. Well, you know, and they're friends. Everybody's friends. These guys all like each other. Like, I, I really do. I don't think there's any actual personal problems. But, like, we have kind of a, a issue where this team has an assigned hierarchy. And, you know, whether that be through position, whether that be through time in the league, you know, Luka Doncic is still the rookie. But the problem that, I, that, that I'm having is that they really only seem to go to him when they're told to. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's one thing if it's happening within the flow of the offense. We, you know, we've talked a little bit about how Wes uh, is is getting the ball too often, too late in the shot clock. But we have instances, repeated instances, where Luca is being used as a spot up shooter. This is a terrible use of him. Right. Full stop. He is the best passer, the best passer, and it's not close. You know, I think we should talk about. Uh, Dennis Smith's woeful zero assist six turnover game at some point, but let's use it as an example in a comparison point for Luca, who had six assists and four turnovers, some of which were not, you know, they're pretty terrible if I'm being honest, but he's a guy who knows how to pass. He knows how to make passes on the break. He knows pass how to make passes out of the secondary option. He, he makes smart bounce passes. 
He makes smart overhead passes. There really aren't a lot of Dallas players that know how to pass the ball, period. I mean, one of Luka's uh, turnovers that I remember was uh, – it was Harrison Barnes driving from the right wing. He drives into traffic with about six seconds left and then passes the ball at Luca's ankles. Delivery of passes is challenging. I don't want to sit here and act like it's an easy skill, but the ability to deliver on-target passes is one of Luca's best traits. He threw that unbelievable alley-oop to uh, Dorian Finney-Smith in, in the first half. You know which one I'm talking about? It was like, it was basically a shot from about 40 feet away, and all Finney-Smith had to do was arrive at the ball and then drop it into the bucket. It was breathtaking. And the Mavericks just don't use him enough like this. Some of it is is the fact that they seem to go, you know, every other, it feels very like, like I hate to make this comparison, but like very 2010, 2011 Miami Heat, where they were still trying to figure out how to use Dwayne Wade and 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 where Luca doesn't touch the ball is baffling. I don't think Luca missed in the fourth quarter again. And once again, I think he might have only gotten up three shot attempts. What are we doing? <laughs> I I just did a whole breakdown of the you know the fourth or the last six minutes of when uh, the Lakers beat the the Mavericks and. Luca brought them back into that game. I mean, the, I got some flack a little bit. People were like, oh, the bench helped them get back. And yeah, the bench brought them back a little bit. But Luca scored 11 of their last, you know, was responsible for 11 of their last 15 points. He's the guy that makes the best decision. He makes the best decision down the stretch. And he should, t- he should have touched the ball every single time tonight yeah. with the last like eight minutes or so. When he got put into the game, he should at least have touched it or been part of it at some point at the end of this game. And it, it's not happening, and uh, it's it's frustrating. And maybe it's just a rookie thing. Maybe it's a scheme thing. What do you? What's your thought about about Rick Carlisle right that's now? That's a really good question, Let's and I think we. I, I think I think that's the best question because I'm not I'm not being fair to the other teams to our to the rest of the roster because realistically this has to come down to scheme for the last three to four years. A lot of what the Mavericks have done is very egalitarian. I believe you were posting on Twitter earlier today about kind of the shot distribution. And really, it's very even the last, you know, the last five games between uh, Wes, Dennis, yep. Harrison, and Luca. It's very, very even. Yeah, and like I don't, all around 15. Yeah, it's all around 15. And so, like, I don't want to I don't want to focus on shots. I mainly want to focus on plays because like it, it's crazy to me that I I really feel that Luca did not touch the ball enough tonight and still finished with 18 points, nine rebounds, and six assists. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it to me it's all scheme to where it's you know they can't always push because Luca gets a, a, the at least one to two assists per game where he's pushing. So some of this comes in the half court. But I'm just not understanding why Dallas feels the need to go into these odd isolation sets with guys who are not very good at isolation. I mean, you know, Wesley Matthews has played above and beyond my expectations, despite how frustrated I've been with him. And I think that, you know, many fans need to step back instead of looking at his shot attempts, like look at what he's been asked to do. Look where he's getting the ball. It's not his fault that he's getting the ball with eight seconds left on the shot clock. That's what's being drawn up. And that's where I have a question with some of these things. If it's supposed to be a youth movement in, in 2018, 2019, then let's really try to get Dennis the ball in these situations where we can see what he can do. I'm, I'm not seeing what he can do, but that doesn't mean I'm right. He just needs more burn in these situations. Hmm. 
So we're still in on Carlisle being a genius, being a wizard. I want to get he, he I mean the man won a championship and 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 pardon my cursing here but he made chicken salad out of chicken shit for multiple years. I mean any any team that that takes uh you know like when they beat when they took the Spurs to seven games I got to give the guy some credit for a while. It's only nine games. It's just realistically I think it's very frustrating for me as a Mavs hopeful for it to be, you know, 30 minutes before midnight on on uh, November 2nd and us to effectively feel eliminated from the playoffs. Like, that sucks. Yeah, well, with this conference, you're eliminated. I mean, these losses matter so much. <laughs> you know, they matter so much more now. People talk about, oh, the regular season doesn't matter anymore. Well, if you think your team's going to make the playoffs, every single game matters now because now the Mavericks – Essentially, they lost this game. They basically have to play like a 53-win pace over the next, you know. Like, <laughs> wow, I didn't know it was that bad. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad. It's really bad. Um. So, yeah. All right, there you go. That's Kirk. Kirk, you got any more – Um. you have any more concerns or any more thoughts before we go? No, thank you for having me on. I appreciate all of you Locked On Mavericks fans. You should give, you know, Nick and Isaac as many five-star reviews as they demand. Yes, we demand all the five-star reviews. All right, thanks, Kirk. Mm -hmm. All right, now let's hear from you guys, the listeners, and the voicemail. You guys came out in droves and bunches. Obviously, lots of people have lots of feelings about this, so let's hit a couple of these in a row. These are a couple people that are upset with Coach Carlisle and even think that the Mavericks should find a new coach somewhere. The Mavericks need a change in a coach. They will not play any better. They need a change in head coach. This coach cannot groom young players. He's never been able to do it, and he can't do it now. There needs to be a change, and Cuba needs to do something. James, what's going on with the Mavs, man? We got all this young talent. We got Luca, Dennis Smith Jr., and Barnes is back. What's really going on? I mean, why are we not playing the younger guys on the bench? You got Spalding, you got Brokoff. I mean, I mean, do we need a new coach, a new culture, or something? Some, some got to change. What's really going on? Give Luca the ball. Maybe he should run the offense. New coach. Probably gonna need a new coach. New system. New culture. This, this is the same thing last year. And we got more talent this year. What's really going on? Man, what's really going on is the question. Because this game was supposed to be, I mean, this was honestly a must win. And this has now turned into one of the lowest points in the franchise. But I wanted to point out what that second that second listener said, that they have so much young talent. I don't think they have that much young talent. <laughs> they have they have Luka, obviously, the best, uh, probably one of the best young talents in the NBA. They have Dennis Smith Jr., who is starting off very slow this year and not playing very well and not showing a second-year leap, trying to fit into a different role, obviously. But also with young talent and young point guards, they take a while to develop. It takes a while for them to figure out you know, how to play in, in the NBA. It takes a while for them to try and figure it out. And young talent should take a while to try and learn how to win. Uh, it took you know, KD when he first came in the league. He had like a 23-win season his first year. Uh, it th- These... Even LeBron, I don't think they they made the playoffs the first year, and he you know was was very good, and you know was the the only one. They were running the offense through him every single time, and they struggled. I mean, young talent struggles in the NBA, and you're not going to you're not just not going to it have it all click right away. Uh, and that's 
man, I tried to slow it up at the beginning of this, you know, the off season talking about playoffs. I didn't think this was a playoff team. I thought they would improve because they have these veterans and these are guys that they know how to, they have won before and know how to win. Wes Matthews, Harrison Barnes was on a, you know, freakishly good team with the Warriors. DeAndre Jordan has been on these Clippers teams that have won 50 plus games forever. I mean, these are guys that, you know, JJ Bray has been on teams that have won a ton of games with the Mavericks. Like these are not just guys that have been selfish players their whole life. It's very confusing. And you do wonder how much it is on coaching at that point. If you have these pieces, you have these, these guys that are in place and they're just not all working together. At some point it has to be the architect, the architect of how all of this is fitting together. You have to put the blame on him, you know, in some way. Uh, and maybe it's how the roster fits together. I think that this roster should fit together and they should be at least better offensively and, and better, I guess, defensively a little bit than they are right now. If everybody was putting in full effort, but I don't think everything is on roster construction. I do think I do agree with some of these callers with, with being upset at Coach Carlisle being upset with how this team is playing and put some of the blame on him. I believe that if we're going to do a blame pie, he deserves a pretty big chunk of it. What's up, guys? It's M. Bibbs on Twitter. Um, just wanted to call in to say a few things. First of all, um, I'm, I'm completely done with Wes Matthews in the starting lineup. Uh, I feel like Finney Smith going off tonight justifies Rick sliding him in. Um, if I was meaner, I would push for Maxie and Dwight to also start uh, just to send a message to the vets about their lack of effort. Um, tonight was ugly. Um, I think it's obvious there's something going on between DJ and Luca, and that's why our, our offense is terrible to start games. We look like we don't know. None of our players look like they, they've played together ever. Uh, people are looking each other off, not passing the ball where they should. It's just it's just a bad situation all the way around. This Knicks team is atrocious on D, and we made them look pretty good tonight. Uh, and then we also just gave them layups when usually they just let Tim Hardaway shoot 53s a game and hope for the best. Um, I feel like Rick needs to make some changes. I saw people calling for Rick's head. I'm not quite ready to go there, but uh, maybe he's not the guy for this this young team in the future. Yeah, with what he said at the beginning there, I wonder if a lineup change will happen. I wonder if, I mean, Rick needs to do something. You need to move. that. This team has started off so slow so often. These, you know, beginning of games have been slow. So I think uh, Tim Cato had a good stat that the Mavericks don't score within the first you know, five minutes like most of the time. It's so, or for the first time out, they don't score in like five games or something like that. It's just wild that they're getting off to such slow starts. And they have to change something. Dorian Finney-Smith had a great game tonight. Uh, Wes Matthews was fine. You know, Wes Matthews, he's not, he wasn't trying too much, as much tonight. And uh, But, man, you wonder where the change is going to come. Honestly, I think it should be Dennis Smith Jr. I'll probably talk about that with Isaac, too. I think Dennis Smith Jr. should come off the bench. I don't think that he's shown enough. If this team actually wants to win and is not just trying to develop players, because if the team is just trying to develop players and hopefully try to win, like, that's where your hierarchy is. If they're trying to develop players and they're trying to to win as a secondary goal, then starting Dennis with Jr. with Luca, you know, at, at the same time, that is what you do. But if you're trying to win first, and that's what this seems like this team is trying to do, if you're trying to win first, bring Dennis off the bench. Just do it. Bring Dennis off the bench. And... You know, start start Jalen or start uh, start that lineup of you know, Dorian Finney-Smith, Wes, Luca, Harrison Barnes, and DeAndre. Try that maybe. <laughs> I mean, you, you have to change something. Something has to be done. Uh, 
the starting lineup just is not getting it done. And maybe it just needs a little some more time together, but you're playing, honestly, you're playing the Knicks, and the Knicks are not even starting two of their you know, better players, Ennis Cantor and uh, and Hazonia. And Hazonia barely even played last night. I don't even know why that happened. But, um, man, they have to make a change. <laughs> it just has to happen. So, all right, let's hear from another caller. Yeah, my name's Varun Coley. I was, I was watching the game, and, uh, like, I mean, they, they just not really have the chemistry. They have no idea what's going on. They have no idea what to do. And I think, like, Mark Fowler, like, brought this up. They just don't have the energy going. Especially in the timeouts, no one's hopping up nothing. I mean, as soon as as soon as you said that, I immediately thought of like the whole fiasco with Jimmy Butler. And the more I watch them, uh, the more I feel like like I feel like there's a reason that there's rumors that Mavs say that they're interested in trade is because of stuff like this. I don't know. I, I probably just, I'm probably looking into what too much into it, but. Man, I don't know if you are looking into it too much. Uh, I think this team does need to make a trade. I think they do need to make a move if they actually do want to win games. It and on two levels. One, I don't think they they just don't have the talent. You know, this team. You know, they added talent, but they added talent to a team that won twenty four games last year. And maybe they, you know, with their adjusted, you know, advanced stats and everything, they should have been maybe like a thirty three win team or something like that. But that's still a thirty three win team. It's not you know a great team to begin with. And so you're building on a foundation that was not starting at a high place. You add some talent to it. You're like, okay, yeah, sure. And this is what's going to come out of it. This team has not played a lot together. Uh, with the chemistry and energy thing, the energy thing is so interesting to me. The chemistry makes sense. The chemistry part, you know, makes sense that they wouldn't fully understand how to play together. They, you know, training camp is so short now. They don't get very many practices. You know, the collective bargaining agreement has basically taken a lot, out a lot of those things because teams just their players want to, you know get ready themselves. They want to not have as much time that they could get injured in in those times and things like that. So they just don't have as much of that to begin with. The energy thing at this level, you have to bring it every night and it can't, I don't think that is on the coach. I don't think energy should be on a coach. There's no, what successful NBA coach is like a rah, rah, like hype up his team kind of thing. (laughs) Like, like, Steve Kerr is not hyping up the Warriors. Like Mike D'Antoni is not hyping up the Rockets. Well, he's definitely not hyping up the Rockets right now because they are not playing very well at all right now. But Brad Stevens is not like hype. Greg Popovich is not like getting all up in his you know, team's face to try and bring energy every single night. It's just not happening. And so I don't think the energy part is on Carlisle. And that is that's probably the biggest reason why they're, they're starting off so slow. Is they just don't have you know the, the energy or the you know the boost to start the game, and maybe they need to start looking at at Luca earlier in the games and and start you know getting him going early or get some get get something going early. I mean, get somebody that they can rally around and get excited for. And I don't think they're getting excited for Luca right now. I don't think that this team is. It doesn't feel like these guys have adopted Luca to being their guy. And to being, you know, a guy that they get excited about if he's successful. Where, you know, Dennis and Dorian, they get excited if the other is successful. You have Wes and DeAndre, they get excited if they're successful. DeAndre seems to have taken Dennis Smith Jr. under his wing. We saw in this game, we saw him, we saw Dennis Smith Jr. miss a free throw, an airball a free throw, and DeAndre Jordan came up to him, put his arm around him. We've seen this dude several times, come up to him, put his arm around him, walk him off the court, you know, as they're going to the locker room. 
and talk about it and laugh about it with him. It seems like he's taken, you know, Dennis under his wing, but the team hasn't done that with Luca. And maybe that's just because he, you know, that's a cultural you know thing, or maybe that's just a, uh, you know, he's a rookie on the team and hasn't really felt like he's you know, felt like he's fit in yet. I don't know. I don't know why. You know, it doesn't seem like the veterans have fully embraced him yet. Um, he seems like a super easygoing guy. It doesn't seem like he would rattle too many people's feathers or anything like that. Um, rattle feathers? No, it's ruffle feathers. Ruffle the feathers. So, all right, that's some of the voicemails. That's Kirk, serious face, guys. Thanks so much for joining us on Locked On Maps. If you did not listen to the other podcast with me and Isaac, go listen to that right now. And uh, man, this uh, we hope this is going to get better. But if it's not, we will always be here for you to be Mavs therapy. So, guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Bye.